Each week, Invest Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is Y Charts. Quality data with easy to use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of Y Charts for the price of 12, plus a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now go.ycharts.com slash investtalk. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, June 12th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. And I am Justin Klein, and in today for Steve Peasley, he is up in the San Jose area meeting with Invest Talk listeners and KPP financial clients. And I thank you for joining me during this hour. And I hope you do pick up your phone. It's probably going to be a cell phone, but do that as soon as possible at 888 chart with your investing questions. And when and if you do make that call, we can shape this show in this hour to your advantage that will help you incrementally move towards your own version of financial freedom. Now, we do this with an, a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So once again, our Anytime listener line is open right now, and I'm taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. Now, my main talking point today concerns this story, how the DOJ could go after Google, Apple, and other big tech companies. I think this is very interesting because it's been a long time. Uh, The last time I remember major scrutiny over tech companies uh, from an anti-competitive monopoly standpoint was Microsoft. And that's actually a good precedent for one of the ways that maybe the government is going to try to regulate some of these large tech companies. And we're going to get into that. There's more than one way that they can argue that they are stifling competition um, or, or just uh, being uh, monopol- monopolistic uh, and taking actions that are anti-competitive. So we're going to talk about that and some think old school regulations are not up to par for today's digital age. But those within inside the government say the rules are in place for cracking down on them. So we're going to examine this story and I have some others as well. One is how much should you save for college for your 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 children, your nieces and nephews, your grandkids, whoever is important in your life that may be of a young age and you want to contribute to their education later in life. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about that. Also, budgeting not an exciting thing. Most people don't do it, but there's more than one way to skin that cat. So we're going to talk about the different ways and the pros and the cons and maybe see which one is right for you. And then lastly, did you know that your credit score can affect your car insurance rate? I thought this was an interesting little tidbit. I didn't know this, uh, but we're going to touch on that as well. And many, many, many more topics. Ultimately, it's about the topics you bring to me 
that matter the most. So I want to hear from you once again, 888.99 chart, 888.992-4278. Let's take a look at the market today. We kind of had a mixed day. The uh, small caps were up slightly. The NASDAQ was down about a half a percent. S&P down uh, 16 basis points. And the All World Index down about a half a percent. We have riots in Hong Kong uh, over, I think, a, a very big and important potential legislation coming out of the Hong Kong legislature that will certainly compromise the sovereignty of Hong Kong. And this is a big test to the power of Beijing on the island of Hong Kong. And whether or not it's actually a separate entity from mainland China. And the citizens of Hong Kong have clearly spoken that they are not having this rule. And uh, once again, more upset in China and in Hong Kong. And that is uh, not likely to go away. You had, you, you have arguments in the Hong Kong legislature right now, and it looks like the earliest we can have a vote is next Thursday. So it's going to be a little while before there is actually a decision on this, I think. And so you're going to see this in the news for a little while now. And it, I think, is one of the biggest pieces of news that have come out of the Asian region in quite some time besides the trade war. So keep an eye on that. And uh, the geopolitical ter turmoil is certainly on the minds of many in the markets. Now that's what I have planned for today's show. I want to talk about a lot of different things, but ultimately it's about you. So let's get to your question now. This one came in earlier on Anytime Listener Line at 888-99-CHART. Good morning, Stephen Justin. Hi, this is Dennis from Torrance. I look forward to seeing you at the Wealth Conference soon. Question, um, I've read that the new rule by the SEC to make brokers act in their clients' best interests is pretty much a joke. And I know this wouldn't impact you because you're an RIA and already a fiduciary, but can you please comment on this new rule? Thank you. Bye. Well, it's a tough one because it just came out and it's 800 pages. So uh, clearly we have not read through it completely. Uh, and uh, you know we're waiting. We have, we have some consultants that we work with on the compliance side that uh, we think in the next week or two are going to give us some more details on this. Uh, like you said, it's probably going to have a little impact on us because we're already fiduciaries, but uh, will likely affect many brokers out there who it seems like they are still going to be able to operate in the same manner with a little more disclosure. And that worries me uh, because typically, as we all know, in most of the industries, you know the the contracts we sign on online and uh, you know, even on paper in real life. How many people actually read it? Very little. So if that disclosure page goes from eight pages to nine, then I, it's not going to really have much impact in the industry, and that's what I fear. And so uh, it sounds to me so far that's kind of what it's look like. It looks like uh, I have to get more. Like I said, feedback from uh, our consultants that we work with on the compliance side. Um, but from it, what it sounds like is more disclosures, and that's it. And I don't like that. So um, I'll keep you updated as we get 
as I get more updated on it. Uh, but this goes back to the simple fact is whenever you're working with anybody, understand their motives, understand their the way they get paid, understand why they are trying to help you. Are they really trying to solve your problems or are they trying to sell you something? And I think that's the biggest issue here is that a broker can call themselves a financial advisor and an RA like us can call ourselves a financial advisor. Now, which one is? The broker is simply going to be selling some sort of product and that might be a mutual fund. It might be an insurance product. Uh, it might be, it's something where they likely are going to get some sort of a commission or a kickback, a 12B1 fee, for example. And you need to understand where that is coming from, okay, and how they're getting paid. And if you don't feel comfortable that they're not being clear on how they're getting paid, then likely they're doing what, or they're, they're recommending something to you simply because they make more money versus what you're doing now. So, I am not very optimistic. Uh, the the lobbyists certainly sunk their teeth into Congress, and as usual, I think they got their way. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I think you should make plans to attend a very special financial event. It's our Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's coming up Saturday, Ju- excuse me, June 22nd. That's about a week and a half away in Irvine, California. We're going to help you understand the current market environments and global economic environments. We'll give you a plan to boost your income and manage your investment risk through the coming recession. And finally, we'll define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. So please join us on June 22nd from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. And learn more and purchase tickets, you can go to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. As an investor, you've seen a good deal of market volatility this year, and there will surely be more surprises ahead. So to prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing an effective portfolio strategy with the right mix of investing programs. And you can quickly see what you may be missing at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Justin is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I urge you to get your call in sooner rather than later. Now, the market is still processing a realistic fear of the that the U.S.-China trade deal could fall apart and produce nothing for a little while. And I think that's uh, likely the base case scenario for me. Uh, I think both... Uh, sides are pretty hard-headed and entrenched in their ways. Uh, Trump wants to stick it to China and extract a pound of flesh from them in a way that he can tout it to his base and the rest of the country that he fought for America. And on the China side, they have a long-term vision of how to rise in prominence in the world. 
and frankly, it's been their their model's been done before. Uh, Japan did it, right? Uh, what they do is create economic barriers for their domestic market from external export and steal and acquire uh, technologies. Remember, like I said, Japan did the same thing uh, and build up their industries to a global standard, right? Their semiconductor industry, for example. And then slowly open up their country to the rest of the world for export. One of the ways Japan remains one of the five largest countries in the world despite decades of stagnation. So this isn't a new playbook by China, but it's a playbook that I think they're, they're, they're stick, stuck to. And they're going to play the long game because that's what it is, frankly. It's a strategy that takes decades to play out. And I don't think they're going to abandon their strategy easily to a president who, in their eyes, are probably hoping uh, isn't around for much longer. So I do see it dragging out. And I think much of the volatility in the market is caused by this uncertainty as well as the slowing economy. Now, mortgage applications now have soared up 97% year-over-year. Mortgage rates have dropped to the lowest level in nearly two years. So mortgage applications surged 26.8% in just one week, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Volume was 41% higher than the same week one year ago. And refinances, which are most sensitive to interest rate moves, right, led the surge jumping a remarkable 47% week on week and 97% year over year. So that was that 97% number that I was talking about. And the average mortgage rate is now below 4%, 3.82%. And I think you're likely going to see a little bit of rebound after uh, in the housing market nationally after a fairly weak you know, 6 to 12 months or so. I think we're going to go to a break. This is Invest Talk, and we are moving quickly through June, and many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio back in shape. But don't worry. You're not in this alone. Steve and I are here to help at Invest Talk and KPP Financial. We want to help you reach your goal of financial freedom. So please feel free to contact myself or Steve anytime at our Irvine, California KP Financial office. And now I'm taking your finance and investing questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Raphael in Washington, D.C. He's looking at the utility sector, correct? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, at Fidelity, MCA or MSCI Utilities Index. Okay. So ticker symbol F-U-T-Y. Okay. 
And this it looks to be all domestic, right? Fund. I believe, yeah, it looks like it's mostly domestic funds with a uh, within. Yeah, it's uh, all, all North yeah, American. Okay. You own it. You looking to buy it? So my question. So actually, I I own a couple shares in it, and my question kind of has to do with the possibility of of a of a recession coming. So I just want to know: is this a good place to possibly invest my money if there is approaching uh, uh if we're approaching a recession, or are there other avenues I should be looking? At? Well, it's certainly one of the best anti-cyclical sectors uh, out there, and you know, the, the, I've said before, the market kind of peaked out in January of last year, and you, the market's roughly flat. It depends which index you look at, but the market's roughly fat, flat over that year and a half, and this is actually up uh, from that, so from 37 yeah. and change to 39 and change. So up 5% plus the dividend, which on this is uh, roughly 3% or so. So over that time period, you're up, uh, call it 10%, where the market is flat. So it just shows you the outperformance uh, of, of the utility sector in general. Now, does it mean that the you can't lose money in a recession? Absolutely not. Uh, this one hasn't been around since the last recession, but if you look at the most popular utility ETF, which is XLU, even though the utilities are anti-cyclical, still can go down. You know, uh, XLU went from about forty-five dollars a share to a low of twenty-three and change, twenty-two and change. Ooh. Okay, so that still went down dramatically. So it doesn't mean that oh, you you know, the market goes in a bear market. The utilities are going to buck the trend completely, but they mm -hmm. typically do much better. Uh, in uncertain market environments like we're in now, uh, or or poor market environments. Uh, obviously, the 2007-2009 bear market was swift. It was intense, and uh, those are those, those time periods are few and far between. Um, so, but but I do like this sector. You know, if interest rates drop, utilities are a bond proxy, meaning they tend to move a lot more with interest rate changes than the overall stock market in general. Uh, and that's what you've seen recently, right? The XLU have, has surged as interest rates have dropped from uh, late October or late September last year. So is it a good sector to be in now? Yes. But uh, if there's a recession, does that mean you're insulated? You know, not, not really. It just means that you're likely to go down less. How much less? Hard to know. Is there any other sector you would maybe recommend? I mean, I, I mean nothing's recession-proof. I get that, but um, yeah, anything from your personal experience that you would recommend to maybe look into, or is that pretty much is it well, is utility stock like a decent bet? Well, precious metals obviously tend to go up during rough times, uh, as the expectation of the Fed loosening tends to weaken the dollar, uh, and then you have the flight to safety uh, into something that is uh, more physical uh, than uh, paper assets. So uh, that's an area if uh, the market does go down, it tends to do much better. And this is a, another example, you know, uh, gold uh, is doing much, much better over the past nine months or so, right, since the market peaked in late September. You know, GLD then was down around 110, 112, and now we're at 125. Uh, and so you've had a kind of a risk-off type of choppy market since then. So 
you you, de you definitely are likely going to have outperformance in the precious metal space, but obviously a lot more volatility with that than you would with something like uh, an XLU or a, an FUTI, which is uh, the one you're asking about utilities. Thanks for the call, Raphael. Great questions. I like what you're bringing to the table. Now let's take a look at some key numbers in the market. And uh, one is gold. Like I said, gold this morning was up again. Even though the market was flat to down over on the day, it was up uh, a few, about a percent or so on the day. And this goes to show you, it remains a strong safety trade. And I think that's one place everyone should be at least uh, upping their allocation a little bit too in this type of market. Oil is at about $52 a barrel with 12 million barrels in storage. There is more supply than demand. That's why you've seen some weakness in the oil markets as well as a, at least a stronger dollar in the near term. But it, it looks to be topping a little bit, I think. Uh, Bitcoin is back around $8,000 per coin and the 10-year treasury now is at 2.11. That's why you're seeing uh, mortgage rates drop so dramatically. Uh, so that's kind of an update on the price levels of some of the major commodities and interest rates in the marketplace today. Now, in tomorrow's Invest Talk, the IRS has issued final rules blocking attempts by certain states to work around the new cap for state and local tax deductions. So we're going to look into that tomorrow with Steve. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
888-99 chart 888-992-4278 so you get through and ask your question on today's show now the department of justice assistant attorney general gave a speech in front of the antitrust new frontiers conference in tel aviv uh today actually no sorry yesterday and he gave a little glimpse into the thinking of the government when it comes to regulating the likes of Google and Apple and Alphabet, which is uh, which is Google, <laughs> uh, Amazon, uh, etc. And many tech advocates have argued that the old school antitrust trust rules don't apply in today's digital world, but. What the speech basically said is, yes, it does. The different quotes, but one is that U.S. antitrust law is flexible enough to be applied to markets old and new. Now, one way that they can try to regulate some of these large tech companies is by evaluating some of their actions and determining that they did not make economic sense. And what that means is, if a company makes decisions in order to eliminate or lessen competition that didn't make sense financially for them, then they can be considered taking monopolistic action, using their size, using their power in order to reduce the number of competitors in the marketplace. Now this test suggests that antitrust regulators might look into these tech companies acquisitions for example and decide that you know they're paying too much for these companies or maybe they're simply going in and buying these smaller names for values that based on current business performance make no sense and are clearly done to simply eliminate the competition, right? Because if you buy the competition, suddenly the, that competition is no longer. Now, one of the main arguments against regulation is that, well, prices remain low, right? You have Google offering Google Docs and Google Sheets and Gmail and all of these services free and they're not charging consumers. You know, Facebook the same. Amazon offering lower prices. So it's not harming the consumer per se. But price is not the only cost of a service. Privacy can easily be argued as a cost of the service. So when the likes of Google and even Amazon go out there and offer you a service in exchange for your data, that is costing you your privacy. So competition has both price and non-price dimensions. So they could easily use data as a way of saying 
yes, you're not charging the consumer, but they are paying a price. And we're going to regulate that price of privacy in some way. Now, Apple has fought this, and they've done this by using an approach of emphasizing consumer privacy and the fact that you own your data. Now, where they may get in trouble, however, is, for example, the App Store. And there's already a lawsuit around this as well. So, I don't think this is the end. I think this is only the beginning of a continual increase in scrutiny over these large tech firms that is likely going to produce a lot of volatility over the next few years as this gets ramped up and this rhetoric gets ramped up. And frankly, when these regulators start to put these names in their crosshairs, they rarely take them off until they shoot and they fire. I think right now they're trying to figure out what gun to use, how powerful a gun it needs to be. And then you'll see the reaction. And that's when I think the opportunity will come. Let's go to Cherie in Texas. He's looking at play, which I believe is Dave and Buster's, correct? Dave and Buster's. Yes, how are you doing? Good, how are you? And thank you for doing this show. I'm a new investor and I'm learning a lot of new things. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So you're looking to buy Dave and Buster's, I'm assuming? Uh, I just want to, I mean, um, because it went down uh, drastically, uh, thinking whether it's a good time to buy it or uh, just want to know your thoughts on it. Well, this is uh, Dave and Buster's for you. Those of you who don't know, they operate arcades slash restaurants slash party venues uh, all over the country. And it's they've been growing revenue and earnings decently, and obviously it's a very cyclical name, right? If you're having trouble paying your bills, you're not going to go spend a bunch of money to throw a party or to drop on arcade games. Um, but with economies good, they tend to do very well, and it's a fairly well-run company. Return equity 29%. So I like what you're looking at. I like that long-term it tends to have be a very profitable name. Now it is near some major long-term support in the high 30s. It closed today at $40 a share. So you are at levels from a technical perspective that look fairly decent. Now uh, I'm assuming that was earnings that came out. Do you have any details on what those earnings look like? And more importantly, what the projections for earnings were going forward? Yes, I do. Uh, they did bad when uh, they missed their earnings. Okay. And what about projected going forward? It go from, I'm assuming they downgraded their projections as well? Yes, they did. Yeah, it looks like they lowered guidance. Um, you know, for, I, I don't like to buy these kind of falling knife things. Typically after earnings, whether that's positive or negative, it takes about three days for the market to really digest the new news. So you have a couple more days and I could see this uh, going uh, going down some more.
but you are near some long-term support. But I like what you're looking at with the fact that they've been growing their earnings. They have positive, strong, long-term uh, uh, profitability metrics that are very attractive. You know, return equity in the high teens is very nice. Um, but I could easily see this returning to, you know, the low 30s from a technical perspective. And the valuations are, while, while solid, you know, enterprise value to EBIT of only eight, I would have to understand how much is their business deteriorating. So I like what you're looking at. It's probably near a level that I would be interested in it, but it's not, it, I need a couple more days for this to digest. I kind of like it here, but I love it in the low 30s. So I would be a little patient here uh, and assess how the market can uh, reacts here in the high 30s. And if it can find some support over the next few days, then I would think about picking it up because I do think it's a pretty good value here. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. And you're listening to Invest Talk. And I think it's safe to assume that you are serious about investing because you're listening to the show and serious about growing your wealth. And I know you have some trouble making your investment choices. That's, once again, why you're here. There'll always be a little bit of fear that creeps into your judgment process. And we help clients with that. We help listeners with that understand their portfolio risk, especially in this environment. You know, we have such a volatile time. You have such a choppy market, especially the past year and a half. And you need to understand where your risk lie. And if you can handle those risks long term, you talked about that uh, caller earlier, talking about utilities and the volatility of the market and a recession. So we do this by using a free risk analysis tool. It's called Riskalyze. It's right there on the Invest Talk website. So go there, take a look at it, take it just to see, are you really an aggressive investor? Are you really conservative? Where do you really stand? Now I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Our InvestTalk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on InvestTalk.com. Hey, Steve and Justin. Long-time listener. Love the show. I have a question on a stock I've been kind of watching Ticker symbol is AMT, American Tower. It's building a lot of the new 5G towers, and I've seen it, um, the price of it go up quite a bit. It seems to be in a real good sector, and I believe it's making a real good profit. What's your guys' view on this stock? Is this something that's going to be going good in the future, do you think? Thanks for all you do. I'll hang up and listen to your answer on the podcast. All right, thanks for the call. This is American Tower, and this is a real estate investment trust that owns cellular towers used by wireless service providers and TV and radio broadcast companies. So I'm sure you've seen the large towers that now spot our country uh, with equipment from telecommunication carriers especially the mobile carriers like AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, etc. And American Tower owns many of them, and they rent the space on that tower to those companies. So in that way, they are owning real estate and collecting rent for the real estate that they own. And with 5G, you're correct that you're going to need more towers. It's a more powerful and faster signal. 
However, it takes uh, more points of signal, uh, or I guess points of signals. I, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but you're basically going to need more towers because uh, they need to, they need to, they don't travel as far a distance. And so that's why the caller asks, they're building some more of these and they're correct. And so AT&T, Verizon, they're going to have to spend more money on the uh, rental of space. And American Tower is one of the leaders. Now, you're getting a great company in a great industry, but you're paying a extremely high price for this type of name. You're talking about enterprise value to EBITDA of 25 and a half, which for a REIT is very high, very high. So in the near term, you know, I don't love it. <laughs> uh, I like the sector. Uh, I like what you're talking about, but you're not paying a cheap price. You're not getting a cheap name. So if you're looking for cheapness, this is not your place. If you're looking for something that's going to be steady um, and you think the 5G rollout will continue in a strong manner, it'll be okay. Um, but if interest rates rise or you get some sort of disruption within the industry, a slowdown of 5G rollout because of recession or something like that, you know, this name could be hit pretty quickly. So it's not safe, it's not cheap, but it's a good name in a good industry. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz looking at MPC. Yes, hi Justin. Um, thinking about buying shares, but and I just wonder because it's taken such a beating. Well, the whole industry has. You know, this is uh, Marathon Petroleum. They're an independent refiner with 16 refineries in the mid-continent, west coast, and gulf coast of the United States. Uh, they're, they're very large. Uh, $31 billion market cap. The value has gone from 85 almost $90 a share just last year. Now we're at $47 a share. So it's been basically cut in half in a year. And it is relatively cheap. Uh, so I do like that. Decent amount of debt. Let me look at their long-term profitability metrics. Return equity is 12% trailing 12 months. Let's look at the long-term average, long-term average, because that's what's most important for me. Now, that tends to be in the high teens, which I like that. It's it's up and down. It's volatile. But I like the fact that it tends to be in the high teens, and now you're getting a time where it's in the low teens, and it tends to fluctuate between you know, the mid-20s and the low teens. So I, I like what you're looking at. Let me look technically here what the support levels are. You know, there is some potential continuation downside to between 40 and $43 a share, though that's probably the better long-term range uh, of support. And now you're at 47, so that's about 10% lower from here. But if you're looking long-term, uh, you know, I think this is a good entry point for something like Marathon Petroleum if you have the stomach for that near-term volatility. Thanks for the call, John. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here on Invest Talk, and that is to help you achieve your own personal version of financial freedom. And our work continues after the break. We're going into the last segment, so if you're going to call, you need to do it ASAP at 888-99-CHART. 
On the next Invest Talk, the IRS has issued final rules blocking attempts by certain states to work around the new cap for state and local tax deductions. That story tomorrow. The phone lines are open. Justin is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Uh, this is Jared. I uh, got a question about uh, a stock I've been looking at. It was at $45 about three or four years ago, and now it's down to, like, under $9. I was just curious about if that stock's probably going to go up maybe you know, to $20, maybe double my money. It's CenturyLink. Thank you. All right, he's looking at CenturyLink. Uh, I've, heard, I've seen a lot of people call about this one. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they pay a nice dividend, 9.1%. Uh, revenues are down 5% year over year. Earnings are up 36% year over year. Uh, but the business continues to, to struggle. Uh, they provide local exchange, long-distance network, broadband service to rural communities in 37 states, and frankly, rural populations are dwindling. Uh, and so their business is not doing very well. And this is a good example of why you shouldn't just look at dividend yield. Um, about 10 years ago or so, they were paying $2.80 a share in dividend per year, and that has dwindled down to $1.87 per share in trailing 12 months. It looks to be going even lower. Uh, they have a decent amount of debt. Let's look at their financial leverage about five times, uh, and their debt levels continue to rise, which doesn't look good. And their return equity, which has never been very high, kind of uh, in the low to mid single digits, is now negative 43%. So, you know, it is oversold from on a monthly and weekly chart. So could you get a bounce from 10 to 12 to 13? Sure, um, but it could be just as easily dwindled down into the single digits, and I think this will eventually go bankrupt. So a good example of why you shouldn't just focus on dividend yield, and just because the stock was at a certain price before doesn't mean it's gonna go back there. So stay away from CenturyLink, move on, find something that is a sustainable business model with strong long-term profitability. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Give us a call, ask your question, and we'll answer it on the next show. Now let's talk quickly about saving for college. Uh, there's a lot of college savings calculators out there, uh, but it's all about your inputs. Just like any calculator, whether it's retirement calculator uh, or savings calculator for college, it's all about the inputs. Bad inputs give bad outputs. That's why we say we use a financial planning tool called Advisor. It's very, very good and very, very dynamic. We can set uh, goals for college or for buying a car or a house or retirement, which is the most typical. Uh, but the output is only as good as the input. And college savings is one of the toughest things to decipher, right? Because you don't know what type of return you're going to return, you're going to get over the next 18, maybe it's less, 10, 15, 10, five years uh, you have left until that child goes to college, and you also don't know what inflation rate to put. Uh, now, longer term, that inflation rate has been closer to six percent, but shockingly, you know, you might this is kind of shocking to some people, but that inflation rate has been slowing to about five percent. 
so I would probably use that 6% number just to be conservative. And I would use somewhere in the neighborhood of 5 to 7% in return from the stock market because you know we are at high expensive levels for the market and your likely return over the next 15 20 years is likely going to be below the longer term averages that's just uh, using that regression to the mean type of uh, calculation so um, understand with any calculator with any time you're trying to decipher how much you should save how much you should earn you you really have to do your research and understand what the likely outcomes are for inflation as well as investment returns. And if you need help with any of this, just give me a call, shoot me an email at our Irvine, California office. Our number there is 800-557-5461. Once again, that's 800-557-5461. You can give our call, our, our office a call directly, or you can shoot me an email at jklein, K-L-E-I-N, kppfinancial.com. Both of those you can get your message to me and I can help you with a calculation for retirement or uh, college savings, buying a house, etc. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 